Fowl community, happy pre-Thanksgiving. You've been stretching out your stomach in preparation for all your Thanksgiving food this coming Thursday. You know, if you're listening to this and you don't live in the United States, we're all here, you know, being thankful by eating more food than is healthy. Canada, I mean, I know you had your Thanksgiving last month, so you know what we're talking about. You know, for me, going into Thanksgiving this year, I'm thankful for a bunch of stuff. A healthy family, for one. My parents are in their 80s and relatively healthy. My wife and kids are doing well. I mean, I'm feeling older every day, but that seems normal, I guess. And I appreciate that I get to do stuff like this podcast, something that I love and that I get to be a part of the Philo community. I mean, it's still unbelievable to me. I'm also thankful that God created me as a technical artist and that there's a place for me to serve in the local church. Um, If you're new to the podcast, yeah, thanks for joining us. You're part of thousands of technical artists who listen to each episode. And our goal is to help you become more effective so that your church can become more effective. And each person we reach with the podcast is one more technical artist at one more church with the potential to learn something new about being the most effective version of themselves. If you get a lot out of this podcast, you can really help us get the word out by telling your friends about the Philo podcast, as well as giving us a review on iTunes. I mean, the more reviews we get, the more exposure we have on all the platforms where you listen to our podcast. All right. You're all revving up for Christmas by now, and hopefully you've not only been planning your Christmas experience for the congregation, but you've also been planning time with your family at strategic moments during all the rehearsals and services. Or maybe you've already pre-recorded everything and you're gearing up for your first Christmas Eve family time in years. And whatever your situation looks like this Christmas, make the most of it. Don't just go on autopilot and miss the moments that will be happening around you. I mean, be strategic and... Yeah, start noticing what's happening in your church, in your family, in yourself uh, during this time. Don't just let it go by. And speaking of not missing what's happening around you, in this episode of the Philo Podcast, I got to sit down with my amazing friend, Dennis Choi, to talk about driving hard and ignoring the moments that are happening around us and all of this leading to burnout. Dennis and I dig into the pitfalls of burnout and Dennis shares from his own experiences. It's a tough topic for those of us in production in the local church, especially as we enter this busy season. So let's uh, dive right in. Dennis Choi, uh, I think you're our second repeat. Wow. So Dennis Choi, welcome to the File Podcast again. Thank you. I am honored. I'm a second <laughs> repeat person. That's, that's right. That's amazing. And I think you were one of the very first ones too. We've like, when we first uh, had the idea for a podcast, we're like, who do we know that will do this with us? <laughs> Call Dennis. Yeah, so the, the originals. Okay, well that's yeah, cool. Yeah, you were but, in the yeah. the original round of uh initial yeah, interviews. So, hey, welcome to the podcast again. Thank you. I'm, I'm so honored Todd, you know, to be here, man. I love Philo. I love what it stands for. I love mm-hmm. what you've created and I love the community that's here and uh he's just uh so dear to my heart um in every way. So, thanks yeah. for letting me be on. Oh, my pleasure. So let's uh, maybe just talk a little bit about what you're up to these days. Uh, maybe a little bit of your story, how you got there. I guess maybe to preface what we're going to be talking about today is kind of burnout. And that's mm. a big part of your story right now. And it's a big part of a lot of people's stories. And so this is not maybe going to be the easiest podcast to listen to, but <laughs> I think it's... Uh, I was talking to somebody today that um, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent. 
I gave out uh, to the Philo team. Uh, we had our celebration coming off the Philo conference, and I got a, a can of Pringles uh, and the flavor that represented each person on the team <laughs> and sort of what their contribution and all that. And I have a friend that uh, I gave him salt and vinegar uh, Pringles. <laughs> So they're like, they're good, but they're sour and they're, you know, it's yeah. like hard to eat a lot of them, but they're really tasty. You know, it's like a, it's like a mixed bag of, you know, like good stuff and sour. And I feel like that's yeah. what we're going to be talking about today. Just like, it's not necessarily easy to, to listen to or receive, but it is good stuff nonetheless. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. A little salt and vinegar. I like it. Yeah. Maybe so that's the today is the salt and vinegar <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So anyway, back yeah. to like, what are you doing now? And kind of yeah. maybe your story of how you ended up there. Uh, we're in the middle of COVID season right now. Still, and, I can't uh, believe it. Yeah, yeah, I know it's cr- it's crazy. And uh, so my my Philo talk, which thanks for letting me share my story, uh, was on a similar topic and idea. And I explained a little bit in that um, that you know February hit this year, and I uh, resigned from from North Coast Church uh, where I was at for twenty five years oh. in uh, a lot of different roles. The last role was the executive pastor of operations and. Production was still, that's something I started there back in the 90s and continued on as we created venues and, and campuses like a lot of a lot of you guys. But yeah, February hit, didn't even know I was burned out, I resigned, made some dumb mistakes and uh, thought it was best. Uh, still great friends with the North Coast people, uh, Larry and Chris Brown and crew, uh, still communicate with them probably once or twice a week. Um, but yeah, just uh, uh, hit uh, burnout that I never knew. Um, it's funny because I've read a, several books now on burnout. One of them is uh, Wayne Cadera has a book, Leading on Empty. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the title alone just got me. It said, wow, that's that's an amazing title. And it's kind of his life story of what happened to him. And so, yeah, so that happened in February. Uh, I think it was the Lord uh, really saying, because uh, I was like, ah, yeah, I'm burned out ministry. I'm not sure what I want to do. I want to consult. I want to coach. I want to do things. Uh, let's go, you know, and not, again, really understanding I was burnt out. And right, uh, right. and then the Lord said, uh, I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures right now. And he shut the world down around me, right? Okay. Even though yeah, I was like, right. I want to yeah. go. go do stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, you've got to rest and you've got to heal and you've got to, you've got to go to counseling and you've got to talk to people about what happened and, and what's going on. And that was for a couple of months. That was my journey. And, you know, it was, it was hard. Uh, guys like us who are doers, who want to do things and sit around, you feel like you're wasting, you know, you're wasting a day just by sitting, you know? It's right, like, right. Right. And uh, I remember day after day like that and talking to my wife about that and just, and the kids and just, and then we were all home together, you know, every day, <laughs> yeah, you right, know, yeah. all of us. And when does that, when did that ever happen? That, you know, yeah. you know, been a lifetime that happened. And so processing all that together, but then, and then, but then the church was shut down. You couldn't even go to church either. And you couldn't, you know, and you couldn't go see your friends and you couldn't, right. you know, just, it was just a strange time, but it was a time totally perfect for me. So in some sense, uh, God was saying, uh, rest, uh, stay home, uh, get closer to me, you know, read the Bible. Rick Warren has a great, uh, thing he talked about, uh, it calls it, it says his word, first word, his word, last word. 
So just he challenged people for seven days just to wake up in the morning. First thing you do is read the Bible. The last thing yeah. you do at the end of the day is read the Bible. And uh, he challenged me, you know, my heart, he, in his message, and I did it. I did it for seven days, and I haven't stopped. It's been like yeah. 75, 80 days of every morning, I just open the Bible and read it. And for the first time, Todd, I, I, in a long time, I can remember, I was reading the Bible just to read it, not right. to like prepare for a message or prepare for a talk or come in with a little devotional for a team. Right. I just read it just to yeah. read how it would affect me. And then at the end of the day, did the same thing. So the first thing you woke up with, uh, and that was that was a lot of the journey uh, during this time. Can I just uh, say uh, yeah. uh, on that note, I mean, I still yeah. resonate with that idea of, re you know, I'm reading scripture because I need to uh, for yeah. something I'm preparing for. And I think it's interesting to me, the sharing a devotional or preparing a talk or whatever would motivate me to read the Bible that's, I mean, that's what people need. They need to hear what's God doing in me. And so it's like this weird chicken or the egg. Like I need yeah. to, I, I need it. And that's right. what my team needs from me. Like how is the God's word affecting you? Right. And the reality is that, yeah, somehow it gets backwards and I'm like, oh crap, I got to, uh, you know, get this reading done so I can have something to share. So and true. Yeah. And it's that's what I realized, Todd, and more than anything, was that it does it, you know, especially if you work at a church or in a religious organization, you know, when does your job start creeping in as a job and not just your spiritual walk? Right. And it's it is a daily reminder. What what I forgot is that it's a daily reminder going like, Oh yeah, this is for me. I need to get right. fed right now. Oh, this is great to share to my team too. Oh, right. Because yeah. I got fed from it. Right. right. Instead of I just want to feed my team, but I'll it'll rub off me too. Right, right? <laughs> yeah. it's a perspective shift that easily happens. Yeah. Easily happens yeah, yeah. in your mind. Right, I'm in the Word. What do you mean? I'm reading. Well, no, you're right. reading for your team, not for you. Right, right. So just funny. Well, and I think to, I mean, you think about too how many services you sit through on a weekend, and you know, it's real easy to say, ah, oh, you know, I heard that message, and you know, totally. but to to have it affect you is the so, thing that I notice. So, yeah, so true that action. And again, some people are great. They, they live in the same world that I did, but it handled it really well. And yeah. I think they, maybe they talked to their spouse about what they just heard. And so there's interact or, 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 you know, whether or somebody they know that, that keeps the interaction going back to themselves, not just, Oh, let me log that so I can teach somebody that later. Right. right? right. It yeah. was a personal effect. And that's, you know, obviously that's accountability. But yeah. But anyway, that's so that that happened during this time. At the same time, I was talking to a, a good friend, John uh, Cassetto at, at Saddleback, and we started talking a little bit. And my heart is to to still continue in ministry. Um, and for a while there, I wasn't sure because of, of just again burnout and man the demands, the twenty four seven seven days a week sure. that ministry can happen, and it is different. It, it's more than. Uh, some other places, I think, because you love and give it, you know, give it so much. Um, and uh, we started talking and and he really, he, uh, part of my little rescue story is John's love and just reaching out and saying, man, you know, come be a part of our team. We'd love yeah, for you to do so this. Cool. And yeah. So been been doing that past couple months and have been uh, just been, uh, just been amazing, amazing team, amazing people. John's an yeah. amazing leader. And uh just the right place. Again, another God thing that just like, wow, okay. Uh, you know, I, I kind of equate it to uh, uh, Pastor uh, Albert Tate, 
uh, I heard him say this once. He said, "You you may have you know fouled out of the game, uh, but you're not off the team." Right. And yeah. sometimes we feel like we're off the team. You know, right. God's not going to use us anymore. Not going to be a part of this. And and he's like, "No, not at all. <laughs> I yeah. think you have the team yet." You know. And so uh, that's that's a little bit of uh, so that's a little bit of my journey. You know, sure. In, in where I am now, and um, and uh, what we want to talk about today, and how to prevent that from happening. Uh, especially in a place that I loved so dearly and still do still love yeah. North coast and the staff. There's no, no question. I just didn't think I could ever happen. Sure. Right. So one of the things you said just a second ago was this idea of 24 uh, seven, you know, that, that ministry mm. just never stops. Yep. Do you feel like for you, that was something, a burden that you put upon yourself or was your church telling you, mm. you got to be available 24 <laughs> seven? Yeah, that's that's really good, uh, and I've heard arguments from all different ways from different people, not just sure, about right. my church, but every church, right? Part of that is I think the makeup of me and a lot of people similar to me. I think I'm a high loyalty person. Okay, I just I'm real loyal, um, especially if it's something spiritually related. It's like, right. oh man, of course, yeah, of course, it's for the Lord, of course. Sure. Oh yeah, can you come and stay an extra couple hours? Yeah, of course, it's for the Lord, right? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. And you almost use that as a reason, even with your family. Like, well, I got it. It's the church. I mean, I got it. Sure, I gotta, right. You know, yep. of course. And they say, of course, it's the church. Why? Well, sure. I can't argue with God. You know, kind of thing. A hard worker. I think uh, a lot of us have that hardworking mentality. Totally. Um, uh, just uh, get you know, put in the extra time, and it pays off. It's kind of the mentality I grew up with. You know, in right. in so many ways, and uh, just uh, so a couple of different makeups of me, um, and and maybe people similar to me um, is really it. It's uh, I've seen both situations. Mm-hmm. Not personally, maybe myself, but I have in other churches actually, but that some it's the, the church and the leadership and there's an expectation. It's like, sorry, you know, you're the only guy and you're like, whoa, maybe that's an unhealthy situation. Uh, yeah. For me, it was my personal, I didn't have any personal boundaries. And some of that is the feeler side of me, Todd. I'm okay. such a feeler that like you and I are friends, Todd, you asked me to do a favor, uh, whether you're my boss or not. Right. I'm going to go, God, of course I want to help Todd. Sure. Todd's cool. I don't want Todd mad at me. I don't want Todd to think I don't yeah. want to do that and don't right. like him. Of course I'm going to do it. But it's 8 o'clock at night, and but he needs it in the morning. Well, yeah, he's a friend. Sure. Of course I'm going to yeah. do it. But you do that 10, 20, 30 times, you've added extra time in your life that's cut into your personal time that you never really think about. Sure. Right? You're yeah. doing it out of love and care for a person, but... So I think it's a makeup for me personally about all those things. I, I wouldn't say it's the church. I would say it was probably more me, but I've seen the situation the other way Yeah, too. Yeah, I would say uh, kind of with you, I've, I've seen it both ways. Um, and I would say for most of my life as a TD in the local church, it was all self-inflicted. Mm. Mm-hmm. There was some of it that, yeah, there was there, like, well, you know, you're around Christmas time and it's like, we got to get this right and we're going to stay long, whatever. I get it. But I mean, I can remember in my earlier days, just the the twenty four seven thing was all on me. Nobody was asking me to do it, and yeah. I just can remember my um, my wife. Uh, she went to kind of read the riot act to the senior pastor, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "Yeah, nobody's asking him to work seven <laughs> days a week. Yeah. So if he needs yeah, right. if he needs a boundary, that's on him, yeah, not yeah, us." Right. right and right. I'm thinking, "Oh, geez." Dang it. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, now I'm the responsible one. I can't yeah. blame anybody anymore. It's my own fault. Yeah. And I, I just found that um, even uh, moving on to 
uh, Willow Creek, there was a moment where I bumped into one of the pastors that there was always kind of an expectation that you're working hard, you're, you're getting it done, you're like putting in the time necessary. And I was walking down to my office and we kind of, he was going the other way, walking out the door. And it's like five or 4.45, something like that. He's like, don't stay too late. And I was like, oh, I mean, if he's saying that, and he's he's leaving, you know, he's going home. It's like, yeah, yeah I got to get home for dinner. You know, my wife will get upset if I don't get home, you know, at a certain yeah. time. And I'm like, oh, wow. So the expectation is work hard, but have boundaries too. And so it yep. was uh, just a great reminder that, yeah, generally speaking, and I think people like the work you're getting done, mm-hmm. but they have no idea the cost of yep. what they're asking. And that's really up to us to at least say, hey, this is like, going to cut in on this other thing that I already had planned or whatever. Otherwise they're never going to know. Yeah. And it's, it's true. And they don't, they don't really know what we do. They have no idea (laughs) what time it takes to do what you do. Right. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's the interesting part is you're going to sit down and explain to them, or are you just going to have some boundaries? So what I, what I didn't do, Todd is didn't put some boundaries in place that said, Hey, I can't even communicate with you right now. I'm, I'm shut off. I'm done. Hey, right. I'm unplugging. Right. Yeah. Well, I really need to. Well then, then I should have said, if you really need to, here's what this is going to take, how yeah. much time you're going to take from me. Yeah. Right. And, and I've had enough people in my life and bosses and people in my life that they would have understood that. So it's just me. I didn't do it. Sure. Right. Yeah. I know there are situations where that's not true and they would go, well, I don't care, get it done, you know, kind of thing. And you're like, okay, that's an unhealthy situation at some point. But for me, like you said, I had bosses that said, well, you should go home. And I'm like, okay, I will after, after yeah. I just send yeah. three more emails or just finish that, you know, cause somebody has got to get it done. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I know that's probably the first thing you got to evaluate, right? Is, yeah. is it, is it you or is it the workplace? And I would say the, so, so part of what happens is I'm taking, if I'm not telling anybody the boundaries that I should have or whatever, how long something's going to take, I'm, I'm doing a couple of things. I'm taking all the responsibility for whether we should be doing it or not upon myself. I'm just assuming we're doing it. And I'm devaluing my own time. And there was something else I was going to say mm-hmm. that was probably the most profound. <laughs> and it's now escaped me. Yeah. Uh, because I was reminded of, uh, I had a guy that worked with me years and years ago. And he was, he like I'd be going home and it's like 6.30 at night which isn't too bad, but he's like digging in for the, the night all yeah, the time. Yeah. And I'm like, what right. are you doing? Well, you know, I could get this stuff done and I'm single and I'm just going to go home and watch TV anyway. And I was like, but at least you're choosing to watch TV. You're like, you're, totally. it doesn't matter what, what you're going to do somewhere else, but you need something else to, yeah, just refresh yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you're here yeah. all the time, you're just going to get stale and yeah. kind of grumpy yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you said it because, again, the being single, there, there's differences, right? S- seasons of life. Yeah, yeah. You know, even being single, I had different work. I had a work ethic. And then uh, when I got married, I had the work ethic changed. And then yeah. when I had my first kid, it changed. And then yeah. when I had my second kid, it changed, right? Yeah, yeah. And but But it didn't change. Like, that was my problem. It changed. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it stayed the same. It powered straight through. And it's like, no, there are seasons of life and, and personal time and boundaries that that you have to take. And yeah. um, uh, it, it at the end of the day, it's it falls on you. And and I pre- 
Guy, you know, I probably taught, I don't know how many sessions, and I, I preached like, well, you know, boundaries, protect your boundaries. Be safe. You know, yeah, yeah. I always had that saying, um, never want my, my wife or uh, my kids to be mad at Jesus Christ or, or the church you work at right. for my work ethic. I, I mean, I, I preached that. I said that over and over again, but I still didn't practice it yeah. because I felt like uh, everything was depending on me. Yeah. You know, everyone was depending on me. And if I didn't answer this email or whatever, whenever time it came in, then somebody's waiting on me. And yeah. I didn't want the place I love to wait and to be held up for something that I was doing. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think just when I hear you say that, I don't want people waiting on me, that that trips up a lot of things in me mm. uh, that as a tech person, it's like, I don't, I want to be totally ready so that when you walk in, <laughs> You're not waiting around for me. I'd rather I want to wait around for you. I I want to yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to push that responsibility on someone else. So I'm going to be totally ready. Yes. And uh, when you think yeah. about if I don't answer this on my day off, then somebody's going to have to wait an extra day. I mean, yeah. I just I yeah, I I had to get to a place <laughs> where I'm like, it's okay that that person's going to wait. Yeah. But that's a hard hard place to get to. It is. It is. And it's the other side of it. It really develops you as a leader say, so, okay. Or you don't have enough resources. Yeah. You know, if, if it's, if it still is all falling on you and you're, you run out of time, now you're doing two jobs and how many yeah. jobs was I doing? Was I really doing one? No, I was doing like 10, you know? <laughs> so, okay. Then I wasn't really empowering or really foreseeing that and saying, no, somebody has to take this part. I can't do it anymore. Right. I don't have the time. You know, let's talk about time. We don't have time. Yeah, everything's going to suck up your time. Yeah, I, I was talking to someone about margins. Oh, I was talking to my actually my counselor about margins, <laughs> and I told him, "Hey, I want to build back margin in my life." And he he started laughing at me. <laughs> I'm like, "You're my counselor. You can't laugh at me. <laughs> You're not supposed to laugh." Yeah. He's laughing, and he's like, "That's a funny statement." He goes, "He." You you don't build margin. You don't build back margin. You you, you want to. What you're saying is you you should already have margins. The lines of you know margins on the face of paper are already there. Right. You just went beyond them every yeah. single time. And now you're saying you want to put the margins back because they're supposed to be there. Yeah. Now you're supposed to build margin within the margin. Yeah. That's what you want to do. That's what <laughs> right. you're saying and explaining. And I go, okay, we're just different terminology. He goes, yes, yeah. but no, right? Yeah. He's like, you've never had margin. Yeah. So you have to accept margin first and then, yeah, you need to take some margin even from the margin Yeah. if you want room, right? Yeah. If you want space. And I go, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, you said it earlier that, you know, it's for church and God and eternal consequences and all this stuff. And it, it messes with your brain about, well, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to go home and do nothing uh, so I might as well just keep working so that this thing gets done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, uh, it's real easy to mess with the tech person's brain. It is. Boundaries. And, and, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, uh, I'm an introvert. Um, and so I have to, I don't usually process in the moment. Right. And yeah. So, right. so much. And uh, again, I was talking to my counselor about this because how do I, how do I stop that? How do I stop my brain? Like I, an idea comes or I'm in a meeting and that just spins, you know, something I think about later. And, I, and later I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is it. Or I figured it out, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, how do you stop? your? Because your brain's going to do that no matter what. You know, and, and how do you turn it off? When do you stop? 
when do you fully unplug? I talk about fully unplugging is one of the things you, you've got to do and got to create that yeah. time. I said, well, how do I do that? And he, he said something actually really good. And, and uh, um, so you guys are all getting free counseling. I oh, to, yeah, I love it. <laughs> it I'm writing good. this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he, he, no, he said, well, can you channel that same, uh, you know, how you process to something that's personal? So instead yeah. of it always being work, right, process, like can you, there's maybe something with your daughter or your son or your wife that you need to figure out. Well, process that during your downtime so right. you're not just process because your brain is going to process that's how it processes. Sure, right. it goes offline and you're yeah. like and i was like oh yeah that, that's pretty smart <laughs> that, makes, <laughs> that makes sense like you know it's not what you're processing right that's i guess that's what i got hung up sure on. your brain is going to process something right anyway so, yeah you know yeah do it you, you know you do something that's a personal to you not just yeah. to a work effect so you. one of the things, I don't know what made me think of it, but just getting ready for our conversation, I was reminded of Winston Churchill, who's somebody I've, I've read a lot about, not perfect by any means, but he wrote a tiny little book called Painting as a Pastime. Hmm. So he was a painter. Yeah. And so he would take these little tiny moments to do painting but the thing that struck me was that, you know, he loved what he did. He loved being in the middle of politics and all this stuff. And then World War II, you know, it's like he was really made for that moment. But he said without painting, he didn't have the escape he needed mm. in little tiny moments to like get yep. his brain off of this huge task in front of him. So he'd be, it's, you know, one example, of like driving in a car to the front lines. And, you know, it's intense but he would look at a tree or something, you know, that they're mm. driving by and be like, Oh, I wonder how I'd paint that. What color is, or, you know, what colors are going on? You know, just like thinking like a painter and those yeah. little tiny escapes from just the, the sheer weight of the things he had to worry about helped him then kind of reenter and, you know, take, tackle them head on, which yeah. I, yeah, it's just been something for me that's been really useful to say, I need something other than work for my brain to work over. Yeah. Um, otherwise no, it's the only thing I'm going to be thinking about. Right. I, and I, I love that you, you actually have to replace it with something. Yeah. Like, like you said earlier, you can't just go home and say, Oh, I'm going to do nothing. Like, Oh, I'm going to go, you know, I need some time off. Yeah. I'm just going to do nothing because then you're just going to go back to something. Right. right. And it, yeah. usually work is still in your mind instead of like painting or doing something that's totally different. Yeah. Be on a softball league or take a mm-hmm. class or something. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's you time, it's me time. And to be honest with you, um, I thought it was never okay to think about myself. Right. I think probably that servant minded attitude. Yeah. Everything I did was for somebody else. Yeah. Including my personal time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and even request your family. Like my personal time's like, well, I gave it to all my family. Which right. that's a good thing too, right. but especially as an introvert, if you need alone time, well, yeah, you, you better. I realized something about my personality. Maybe maybe other introverts are similar, but like our living room, uh, the kitchen is open. It's open to the kitchen, so okay. you, you know. So when I'm sitting, I'm watching TV. I'm going. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to watch TV. And my wife and my daughter are in the the kitchen, and they're having a conversation. My brain does not shut off I'm, uh, maybe it's a sensory part of me too uh-huh. is i'm actually trying to hear what they're saying too while i'm watching tv and trying to unplug sure you okay. know not purposefully it just right. you just like what's going on i can't yeah. you know focus and that makes me not be alone 
Right. I'm I'm back engaged with people. Okay. Even though I'm sitting on the couch by myself watching TV and they're in another room. Yeah. So it's like I've realized like that doesn't even work. I need to go completely alone somewhere, read a book or something, right. you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, to to be alone or sit outside in the backyard with not around people. Yeah. Because it still drains me. Right. Sure. From that. It's amazing to me just hearing you talk, thinking about like taking a person who's uh, doing production in the local church and like yourself as an example. It's like everything you're choosing to say yes to are all great things. You know, just, and I think you kind of alluded to it. You know, it's like you loved North Coast, you loved North Coast, but all yeah. the things that you said yes to, you, there were wonderful things that you love dearly people you love dearly and so it's not like you were making bad choices with all your moments it was just the choice you were saying no to yourself by saying yes to everything else yeah that was the thing i i'd realized is i'd been saying no to myself for so long and again you know with if you're servant-minded in any way that's one of your love languages yeah you feel like that's wrong you feel like you're totally. not supposed to like, you're not supposed to take the best piece of steak you're not supposed to right <laughs> you're, you're like no that's that's evil you know it's like right right that evil. i mean it, you yeah know, you, you need some self-care right right and that's yeah if it defines you that you're always taking the biggest piece of steak right. then yeah right. okay right. maybe that's one thing Ex- but Exactly. Then yeah. you become selfish. Like you, you're right. You, you, there's always a yeah. flip side of it. Sure. But for people who are servant-hearted, you've got to be careful. You have to be selfish, as opposed to a person who's selfish has to be servant-hearted. You have to sure, drive right. towards the other, and that's going to be your weakness either way. Right. 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 Your your strengths are your weaknesses, and that's why I say you know the makeup of a, a typical uh, you know production person at a church has these are all incredible traits. High loyalty, self-serving, you know, servant-minded, you know, all these things that go, these are all awesome and probably why you got the job and why you excelled, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're not all necessarily good for you all the time, every day. Yeah. And that's the problem we don't realize is, well, everything I'm doing is good. Everything I'm doing is for the right reason. And they are. It's just you're not caring for yourself. Yeah. Let's take a short pause to highlight one of our sponsors. Panasonic has a rich history of serving the House of Worship marketplace with their various professional video products and technologies. They have a large family of PTZ and studio cameras, video switchers, and cinematic camcorders like the Vericam LT and the EVA-1 that are great for storytelling in Cine-Live configurations. Panasonic also has visual display products that include high-performance projectors and professional displays that are used in many church settings. But their latest innovation is the Kairos ITIP platform. Kairos is more than a typical switcher as it achieves high performance by fully utilizing the power and flexibility of its CPU and GPU and frees you from the constraints of a traditional hardware-based system. Kairos offers unrestricted flexibility of input, output, and operation for efficient production of live video that captivates audiences. The folks at Panasonic would love to have a conversation about your specific needs and help you develop the right solution for your church during these unprecedented times. You can go online and search Panasonic Solutions for Worship to see everything Panasonic has to offer. You can also contact the House of Worship Senior Business Development Manager, Jim Jensen, at 201-427-0606. All right, now let's get back to our conversation with Dennis Choi. Going back to my Winston Churchill example, yeah. he he, yeah. he talks about just overusing a muscle 
and yeah. that you need to give it a rest. I mean, you're bi- yeah. otherwise you're breaking it down. So yeah. if you want to build your muscle, you got to give it, you get work it and right. then give it a rest. And yep. I think yep. for so many of us doing production in the local church, the thing we love to do, but yeah. we, you know, it's real, it, we can get to a place of over, overuse. Yeah. And that's, and that's funny you say that because, so when I was looking at burnout, you know, there's stages of burnout. There's all kinds of articles on different stages of burnout. Some are yeah, like okay. 55 stages of burnout. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> right. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you know, it's like, what, you know, yeah. that, but then I, you know, I so I read several articles and I just narrowed it down. I said, you know, there's probably like four in general that everybody goes through that you know, yeah. typical, uh, and you can break it down anyway. But, but there was a stage of burnout. I thought I, I had no idea it's, it was even there. So there's like the honeymoon stage, there's, there's a burnout onset and there's actual burnout. Okay. And then there's a stage after burnout and okay. I'm like, what? I thought you hit burnout and that's it. Yeah. No, there's something called habitual burnout. Okay. That means that burnout becomes so normal for you that that becomes your new norm. Okay. So your stress, your body, your physical things are happening. You just get used to it. Wow. And so you're in that state and then you're in this habitual burnout. That's a whole nother layer where everything is like foggy and you know, you care, but you don't care. And you're always overwhelmed. You know, you're like yeah. that, you know, every, and it's, it was like, wow, how long was I living in that state? Yeah, because I felt like I was there. I had I'd burned out a while ago and was just living in that state. And man, um, you know that's that's a tough recovery, you know, to, to get there. And I would right. not want that for anybody. Oh. But it's amazing. But you know, to be honest with you, the truth is that that only God can pull you out of that hole the way hmm. uh, truly in a true way. I mean, there's obviously counseling and all these great things around that. But man, without Without the center of the truth, I, I you know, it, I don't know. It, it been, would have been, I, I just kept looking around going, how can anybody do this without Jesus? Right. Yeah, yeah. right. How, how could you recover from something without you? I just don't understand. Yeah. I was talking to um, a person who is work. they've been at a church for eight years, and mm. we were talking about, you know, hey, what some ways, you know, to encourage the team and to build into the team and all this stuff, and then we've like emails back and forth and she's like, yeah, if I'm honest, I'm done. Like I'm, mm. I'm just, I don't want to do this anymore. I've lost my passion. And, and part of it is I just told her, like, I, I don't think she, she was saying a lot of no's for other people and mm-hmm. she was taking it all on herself. And I said, I'm pretty sure that nobody wants to see you fail. Mm. I mean, nobody's, I can't imagine that anybody's that cruel that they just want to yeah. see you go down in a ball of flame. And so I, I just encourage her, like reach out to the people that can help and maybe they don't help and maybe it's over, but right. like to not say anything, mm-hmm. I think it's important to say something. Like if you're already like mentally, if you're done, say like enter into whatever that is and talk to somebody about it. And then if it's over after that, then it's over. But don't just stay, don't be burnt out and stay silent. And, and even like with her, I was saying, don't, don't like get angry and defensive with somebody. Just say, Hey, I'm kind of at the end of my rope and I don't have any answers. So just, but I just need to tell somebody. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, people would step up and help out and, 
Absolutely. But, but if or, they don't know, they won't. They won't. Yeah. And or, you know, actually kind of what happened to me, Todd, was was hearing from other when I was sharing my story, I'd hear from others saying, like, I feel, I think I'm going down that road, or I yeah. was there, or I'd been down that road, or right? I, right. And and you start hearing like, wow, you too? That I would never see that, you know. And um, so yeah, there's there's also some similarity and some compassion and understanding going, wow. I mean, how many I was I think I was telling you before we started, you know, just hearing from all these like famous authors and people that you go, What? They went through burnout too? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. wow, what you know, right? They got their whole life is together. What are you talking about? You know how right. and you know, story after story, and you, and you go, Wow, yeah, you yes, it, it absolutely. Todd, that was probably the best advice in the world is if you haven't told somebody, you need to tell somebody. Yeah. Uh, and somebody obviously who cares about you. Right. Tell yeah, somebody yeah. who cares. But, you know, um, but yeah, tell somebody because, man, uh, yeah, you, you know, God's not done with you yet. That's for sure. Right. 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 You may be done with a situation or an area or whatever, but gosh, God's not done. I think the the trap for most of us doing production work in the local church, like I love to be the person rescuing us out of, you know, the, the pit or, you know, the, Mm -hmm. just the, like there's disaster coming and Todd saves the day Mm -hmm. once again, you know, it's like, that's, and that it's a dangerous thing to feel because it, I start like getting my identity from being the savior. And the reality (laughs) is that, you know, life will go on if I let something slip, not on purpose, but just, uh, yeah, I think, and then so when you can't be the Superman or Superwoman, uh, what is the super is Superwoman a person? <laughs> there's, a, there's a super girl, super, super girl. girl. There he goes. Well, <laughs> oh, we'll go with Wonder Woman. Sorry, ladies. Yeah, yeah. For my insensitivity, um, I kind of forgot what I was saying. Just like when when I can't be Superman or Supergirl, yeah. like I feel like I'm less than. And right. the reality is, like, well, you aren't Superman anyway. Right. And right. Yeah. your identity is not wrapped up in your ability to yeah. succeed at every turn. Right. Yeah. 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 There's only one Savior. Yeah. Uh, and that's Jesus. And uh, um, <laughs> and we work for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, it, it's so true, though. I mean, and that's that's what's hard. It's there's there's a uh, it's not bad to be motivated um, to to want to do things right and fix things and do things right. for the best. I mean, again, we talked about, I talked about those different characteristics, qualities. Those are all great things, Yeah. but it's, it's like, uh, I, I, I talked about this in the, in the, the, the Philo talk that, you know, my favorite food is Luminati's deep dish <laughs> pizza, you know, because yeah. whenever I've come to Chicago, it's like, oh, I yeah. gotta get, you know, Luminati, yeah. and you've had it at Philo conferences, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. the yeah. best, right? I love this, this is yeah. deep dish, right? But man, if I ate that every day for three meals a day and dessert too, right? I would get sick of it or I'd, it would, yeah, it'd be bad. And it's my favorite. I, I mean, sure. I, I want to eat it all the time, but yeah, if yeah. I actually did it, That'd be bad. And, and same with all those characteristic qualities. Like if you do that all the time, 24 seven and never take a break for yourself. Yeah. It's going to get bad. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, and I think we are uniquely gifted to be the guys that can figure things out on the fly. And yeah. everybody thinks, Oh, you say today, which maybe you did, maybe you didn't, maybe you just, were, you know, you got lucky or whatever, but right. that's a great thing. 
And you need those guys and gals at your church, especially when you're like jerry-rigging things together and you're like you're using Zoom calls to do these multiple conferencing things. Right, right. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And you go, we're going to be real creative with this stuff, but you need that stuff. But, you know, so that's a good thing. But if you're doing it all the time and like you said, it becomes the reason why you do it, um, not just to benefit the good and help the church, I think it it takes over in the motives. And uh, there's a great uh, book by, um, I guess, uh, Patrick Lencioni wrote one a long time ago on the, the CEO. It's called something with CEOs, but he talks about, I'm going to get the title right here, uh, Five Temptations of a CEO. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Uh, it's his first book I think he wrote. Okay. And he talks about motives. And that's one of the things on the thing. It talks about your motives. Uh, you know, what are you motivated by in what you're doing? And and you think it's you think like see, when things are bad, you you think it's it's you know greed that people are motivated by. You know, right. that, you know when something goes wrong, uh, and it actually it's actually pride. You know, when they get oh. down to deep things, it's really the pride. It's not you know wanting more money. It's the pride of like wanting to look like you succeeded. Right, right. You know, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of what you're talking about. It's like you want to be the guy that succeeds. Like, look, I'm good at my job. You right. know, so I'm going to, you know, uh, work hard. Work. It's the pride part, probably more than anything. Uh, and it's interesting because I think most uh, tech people would be viewed from the outside, you know, by a non-tech person as not a prideful type person. Yeah. But I right. think that feeling of superiority that you get when I figured it out and I've saved your butt again yeah, like yeah. there's there's a lot of pride there. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself that yes, you know that's yeah. a dangerous yeah. place to be. And yeah, yeah, yeah you, you don't you don't really want to be known as the tech guy, but you also want to be known as a tech guy, right? right? So it's like because <laughs> everybody's like, oh, well, Dennis can fix it or Todd can fix it. Right. They're the tech guy, right? You know, like, <laughs> you like it, but you don't like it. It's like oh, right. it's cool to be known by that, but then not, you know, it's like yeah, it's a it's a definitely a double edged sword. But yeah, it's, it's the motive. I think, yes, just hearing us uh, have this conversation, just the keep coming back to the idea of like, it's not who you are is not bad too, but being too much of your identity wrapped up in that, not a good thing to like, yeah, reading your Bible is a wonderful thing, but using it to like, just so that you can share something with your team, not a great motivator. Uh, There's just so many things about who we are. Right. Is wonderful, but yeah, back to what you're saying, like too much of it is, yeah, just unhealthy. Too much of a good thing. And again, that's the thing, you know, uh, you know, how to prevent burnout before it happens. Well, you know, most of us have the signs, whether they're physical or they're mental or you you just ignore them. Yeah. Or you have ignored them. And and I had people pointing them out in my life, you know, like, hey, and, and I go, yeah, but you know, it's, it's the church and man, yeah, it's just the season right now. It's crazy right now. <laughs> you know, I, I only do it for a little while and then we'll be back, you know? And that's, that's the sad thing is I still, the people were pointing it out. I still ignored it again, back yeah, to me, Wow. Yeah. right? Back to me, a uh, physical, like I had high blood pressure and, oh, wow. and went to the doctor and like, yeah, you got high blood pressure. Why don't you just take a, a pill? And, it, you know, and I never got to the reason why I had high blood pressure. It was like, okay, I'll just take a pill. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, right. Keep yeah, looking, yeah. Right. Ignored the sign. Like that's yeah. a clear sign of stress and too much going on, right? Figure out why you are getting that and yeah. slow down. So I think so much of it too, just even the idea of slowing down. It's like so so many of us just keep going, going, going and don't know how to sit still. Mm-hmm. And there's part of it that, you know, the 
I would just speak in my own life where God has revealed things to me about myself, about my situation, about what I should do next, about how I should treat somebody, about some way that I screwed up. All that has come from sitting still and mm-hmm. allowing God mm-hmm. some space to to communicate to either either because I'm reading the Bible or just uh, I mean I went through a season of my life where I wrote in a journal kind of things going on and I would I ended each journal entry with what should I do now question mark mm. and mm. I would just put my pen down and just would sit there yeah and yeah. every day that I did that I would get some kind of an answer huh Wow. And I, if I'm honest, I wanted the well, I wanted the answer to be like the next big thing, or yeah. you know, what's my yeah. my new assignment or whatever. And it was always something really tiny, yeah, almost stupid. And I just yeah. can remember thinking, I'm not doing that. I would generally write it down, whatever I like popped into yeah. my head. I would write it down. Yeah, like I'm not doing that. That's, but wow. then I was sort of like, if I'm not willing to do that small thing, why do I expect God to do the like reveal the big thing? Uh, so I'm like, I need to be obedient with this one little thing. And some of it was, you know, just like pray for this person or sure. call this person. Or yeah. there was one time where I was like, that I wrote down, get a group of people together to pray for your production team and your church. I'm like, I don't do that. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And but I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm just not a touchy feely guy. So I'm just like, this is weird. And yeah. so I'm not doing it. And then I got to the office that day early and usually there's nobody there. And there was one person that was on my list of people that I would invite to this thing was mm. there. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm walking right past him. I'm not talking yeah, yeah. to him about this. This is weird. And then I got to my office and I thought, dang it, I got to go talk to him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we ended up praying at, like a group of people uh, for our department and church for a couple of years, like every mm. Thursday morning or whatever. And it was yeah. Yeah. so much better to like come at a uh, life from a, we should be praying for each other instead of, I wish that person would just get their act together. Like it really yeah. did change kind of so true. my, yep. my perspective and, yeah. but it yeah. wouldn't have happened without kind of that space, leaving space yep. for God to speak. Yep. Yep. That's, I mean, I've learned that lesson the last couple of months more than anything. And yeah. you know, just, just pauses in your day. Yeah. Just, just a few minutes. Uh, just reading something on you, you version that talks about that five spiritual habits that will change your life. And okay. one of them is spend five minutes in silence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, day. Just spend five minutes in silence <laughs> to like, listen, that's a long time when you think you're like, five you minutes. Think, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in your brain. That's a, that's like hours and hours of time. Right. But man, when, we don't even spend five minutes. You know, yeah, you got your phone with you, or you, yeah. yeah. The the watch. I uh, had a friend tell me talk about that. Like, you know, when you come, don't bring your watch. I mean, not don't bring your phone. Don't bring your watch. Sure, right, yeah. Because you, you, it's something that you always look at it, and it's like you're not focused on us. And I'm like, sure, you're right. right. You're yeah. absolutely right. You know, there's so many distractions. But uh, yeah, wow, it's crazy. It's a continued crazy journey. Yeah. Anything you would say? So let's pretend somebody's out. Um, we, I don't think we need to pretend. Let's assume <laughs> there are people out there that are like burnout right now, and maybe yeah. listening to us talk about it, they realize, hey, that's that's me. Any any advice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we talked about at the top. I mean, the, the probably the three 
you know, a couple of big things is the, you know, being the word, uh, going back to the roots of, of the word and reading it really just for yourself. You know, um, I, I, it's weird. It's so basic, but it, it's, it is in my brain somewhere in there, something switched and said, you know, of course I'm reading the Bible. Of course I'm watching these sermons, but I'm reviewing them or I'm, you know, that was such a basic, right. like, Oh yeah. No, just how does it apply to me? And and ask yourself that question like you did. At the end of the, whatever you're reading, just go, how does this apply to me? Yeah. Not not to my team or not to my people or whatever. Like just take that um, as, as a piece. And then we didn't talk a lot about this, but for me, you know, I've always been such a, a build a team, big team builder, big a team. Right. It's like, I felt like I, I did that. I did build a team. That's one area I go, okay, I was actually pretty good about it. But, you know, but I built a team, but how much did I really use the team to really lean on in all areas or did I just give away parts of it that I didn't have time to do instead right. of really reacting with a team. So it's, it is build a team to help you, you know, and again, I know that's hard if you're already burned out. It's like, well, I can start building one now. It's like, it, it, you're going to need a team no matter what. So that's, right. that's forever, um, you know, part of the thing. And then, and then again, it's the accountability. I feel like anybody in ministry, whether you're a pastor or not, it's almost a little bit like a taboo of like, wait, counseling. Like you go, you can, you're 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 a Christian. Why do you right. you can't go, you know? It's like or you, uh, you know you you work at a church. How, you mean you go to counseling? It's like right. Yeah, we all need. Even my counselor said he goes to a counselor. <laughs> you know, everybody <laughs> needs somebody. I'm like, oh, well, that yeah. makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess I never understood the power of that. I really didn't, Todd. I, I really mm-hmm. was really skeptical going because I referred people to counseling forever. You know, yeah. Like I would talk to them about their spiritual thing, and then like, hey, what you got to go fix? Go talk to this person. Right. But the day I realized I needed to go, I was like, I'm not going. I'm not going to pay somebody just to listen to me. Sure. I'm going to call yeah. Todd up and we'll just talk for hours. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? You know, what? We'll like, record it and call yeah, the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah this, oh, that's what we're doing. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but no, I was I was really skeptical. But there, you know, there there's some power in that, especially you know the, the Christian counselor that I'm seeing. Yeah. Really can unlock some things about you that I never really understood especially mm. if you don't ever really think about yourself right that's you know like how do you love yourself what do you mean love us i've always loved everyone else i right. can't what do you mean what does that mean right and yeah, packaging yeah. things that you've never really processed and sure so, and i would say uh, too i mean just on that counseling thing the 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 t- i've been on and off many times and the the thing that always struck me was most of the problems i experience as a production person, I can solve them. Like they're tangible. Mm-hmm. I can look yeah. up something and I can troubleshoot so it. Good. And then I come right. up with a solution. And counseling is like not even close to that in a way. You know, it's like there is no walk in, solve the, you know, figure out what the problem is, solve it, walk out. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. it's it, a lot of it is, yeah, uncovering what it like even figuring out what the problem is can mm-hmm. take a long time, let alone yep. what to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unpackaging so much in your life. And yeah, it's, it's again, real accountability, whether it's counselor or somebody you you just really, you know, I I made a mistake for years, Todd, that I, I didn't tell my wife a lot of things that were going on in Mm. the church at the church because I wanted to protect her. My thing was more about protecting. I I don't want you to look at that person and think I'm differently or whatever. Right. right? But when it, when it was my entire world, Hmm. I realized I made a mistake because I totally trust her. 
if I said, Hey, sure. babe, don't say anything to anybody about this, you know, whatever, but right. I got to, I want to tell you what's going on in my life and processing is that I, I didn't do it. And I, I just, I, that was a piece she didn't understand about me again. And I did it purely out of protection. Sure. Not that I didn't want to tell her. It's like, I don't want you right. to have be jaded by right. some of these people you see. Right? right. And that was a mistake because, you know, she's such a important part of my life, of course. Right. And, and I, I want to share those and, and trust her that she would not share those. She's I'm venting to her. Right. 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 In, in some way. And so yeah. that that's that's the part that's switched for me. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, thanks for making time to talk about this. I mean, I, I think it's uh doesn't matter if you're a a CEO of a company or a production person at a local church. Mm-hmm. I mean, burnout is a real thing and uh, I mean, I would even say like I I get to do mostly my dream job and I find mm-hmm. myself having moments of yeah. working too hard or overthinking things or yeah. It's just good to be reminded that yeah, need something uh, need accountability, need to be reading God's mm-hmm. word, need to be having something else to have my brain process on beside, yeah. besides work. Yeah. Because otherwise I won't be any good to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Myself so included. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, my heart, I, I'll, I'll help anybody that, that has, uh, has, says they're going through something. Mm-hmm. I mean that, you know, uh, and uh, my, that, that's why I set up that church, church tech coach, you know, at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not for money or anything. It's just, man, if you feel like you're going through any of this, please, please, um, you know, I'd love to talk to you, email you, you know, because I don't, I want you to prevent it or stop it or, you know, whatever you can. Um, cause burnout's real and yeah. uh, it happens. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, well, it's good to, this is like the salt and vinegar uh, episode for sure. It was <laughs> yeah. great to hang out with you. Yeah. It was hard to talk about. Yeah, burnout, I'm, but... I'm, <laughs> no, I know. And I, I, we could talk for hours about this. I, I don't want to, but you yeah. know, it's, but no, I really appreciate you giving some time mm. to this topic and uh, it's, it's dear to my heart, at least right now I'm in that season and yeah. it's part of my journey and my story and I'm, I'm happy to share it. Yeah. You know, with anybody. I appreciate so, it. Yeah. Good so, talking to you. Yeah, you too, Todd. Thanks. Thanks so much. I love that guy. Uh, We've known each other a long time. And so I really appreciate his transparency and honesty in this podcast. You know, his list of qualities that a lot of us technical people exhibit, hard worker, loyal, can-do attitude, high stress tolerance, non-complainer, lone ranger, servant heart. I mean, all of these are great, but there is a dark side to each one and that can lead to burnout. I also loved the the part of our conversation where he was talking about 24-7 and where that comes from. I know for me, it seems like it was just what was required, but in reality, I was the one deciding that. I was the one saying that that was important. Um, I was deciding that to get everything done, I needed to be available 24-7. No one else was putting that on me. For Dennis, he said he didn't want anyone waiting around for him, so he always wanted to be available. I think it's so noble. I understand it completely. Yeah, but after a while, that really can catch up to you. Um, During his talk, he, he mentioned the book Leading on Empty by Wayne Cordero as a good source for those of you dealing with burnout. Uh, I know I'm going to get myself a copy just to make sure that I'm staying as far away from burnout as possible. 
He also mentioned that if you're struggling and you just want to talk to someone, that you can reach out to Dennis at churchtechcoach at gmail.com. And uh, I mean, being t- being with Dennis just reminded how much I love his heart for the technical artists, for you, for me. Yeah, so good. All right. As 2020 comes to a close, I think most of us would say not soon enough. If you have any of your training budget still left, why not use it to purchase tickets to file 2021 in Chicago? Again, plan A, we're going to meet together in person in Chicago at Willow Creek Church on May 11th and 12th. Plan B is May 11th and 12th virtually. Either way, the super early bird pricing is $119. For groups of four or more, it's $99 a ticket. We've got Carlos Whitaker joining us along with Justin Firesheets from Church of the Highlands. We're working on tons of breakouts for you to choose from and an opportunity just to be with your people, to be in the community of technical artists. And we hope to have more things to announce when you listen to our next podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Philo Conference. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at, at Philo Community. And you know what? You can always stay up to date on what's happening by going to our website, philo.org. And you know what? If you have any questions or suggestions for the podcast, yeah, shoot us an email at philopodcast at philo.org. All right. Good to be with you again. Until next time.